the body is a very hip thing these days. That's a pun. I am proud of it. The word <laughs> it, it took you a second, huh? The the word uh, is often sandwiched in more syllables. We hear we hear and say the word embodiment a lot, which sounds like an awfully complicated thing compared to what we are and what we do in the universe as bodies. And I, th- I guess my question is sort of like about the state of the body in, let's start with in culture. Like how, how are we doing? And by culture, I mean human culture. How are, how are we doing uh, with the body as people these days in your view? I think we're doing kind of middling. Mm-hmm. So I both see a, I see plenty of people wanting to throw off the mantle of mind-body dualism. And that is the kind of structural, cultural idea that is so baked in that it's hard to escape from. If we're using language, it might be impossible to escape from, but it's definitely my project to talk about it things better. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm always doing. <laughs> so I, I love seeing that people are are trying to find better ways to conceive of themselves. I am what I think are better ways, less disembodied ways. But then again, what does that even mean? So I kind of hate the word embodiment. Yeah. It's having its moment. I'm the kind of person that usually hates things that are having their moment, especially <laughs> if they're like my thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so let just to be above board about that. But uh, but I it's gotten watered down, and I to the point of almost meaninglessness. Um, and and also embodiment means I'm in a body if I'm embodied. So I sometimes say just bodied. Mm-hmm. I take away the em part to mean something more like I may not be only my body, but I am my body. I'm not in my body. Mm. So in that, that's one way in which I'm dialing down in my language to, to try to disentangle the mind-body dualism that, that underpins the very knowing of our bodies, not through our experiences, but through study, through anatomy, through things I really love. I I am actually finding it to be a delightful tension. I'm finally like forgiving Descartes for mm-hmm. what he had to do to be able to like explore his curiosity in dissecting bodies um, to get around like the politics of the Catholic Church. He had to be like, no, 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 the, the spirit is your thing. I just deal with the inert matter once the spirit's gone. So this is not um, an abomination. This is not sacrilege. Mm. So he kind of had to do what he had to do. And um, I think we see it now with different tech metaphors. It was true then. He was also a horologist. He was, and and the zeitgeist was look like taking things apart, like looking for the mechanism and then putting them back together. And then you completely understood the thing. That is true with a watch. We deceive ourselves if we think we can do that with a body. Mm-hmm. Um, though dissection is still on my like to-do list. So (laughs) 
it's really cool that you took it there to that sort of prior era of politics and philosophy of the body, but like science itself. And I think, I think you're really wise to sort of point to an ulterior motive, maybe that, that like a real, a true motive, like a real motive for learning and discovery, uh, that underlied sort of constrained contemporary political and philosophical moves that had to be made. And maybe inevitably those moves get to be the thing that gets transmitted institutionally because that those are the things that the authorities said yes to. Right. So like the, 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 the sort of dualism that Descartes imposed on us gets to be the thing that we remember, like sort of whatever his intentions were. I, I wonder, I want to hear more about the parallel to now that you see in that. Um, and like maybe what the genuine problem is or question is underlying the rise of embodiment as a thing. Like there's gotta be some genuine, like well-meaning motivation if that's getting us to that point. But as you say, it's being sort of like co-opted at all kinds of other levels. And so like, what are the, like, what do you think that genuine thing is in these times with like the things that we're learning and figuring out about ourselves and then like what's what's going wrong institutionally that's that's getting us away from it yeah so so i mean the the parallel to be really general about it is that people are i think it's a common thing that we do we create everything we create is a mirror or maybe a prism like i i this is sort of a Another way that I and some of my somatic cohort, one of my teachers actually said this, that we're not mirrors, we're like prisms, we refract one another, Mm -hmm. because we change what bends through us. And I love that. Mm. But the shorthand I could say is like a mirror in that everything we build reflects us and we can either project onto it that it's something other than us, or we can look for what is us and what is not or, or something. And I think this is the thing that that happens with technology. It's a trap. We build sometimes incredible tools and we then mistake what we built as um, not a mirror of ourselves, but we lose ourselves in that mirror, if that makes sense. Mm. I've This is a thing I'm trying to articulate and I hope to get clearer maybe with you now, but in the broad, more in the broad scheme of things, like how folks lose sight of experiencing themselves for thinking they are their creations. Mm. And I'm trying to keep my language really general because this applies to a lot of things we do, not just the technology we build. It applies to the children we have Mm. and our great works and our little tiny pathetic works and and everything. Um, And I, Sometimes it's what I love about humanity. Um, and I'm interested in being clearer. And could you rephrase or maybe restate the like sort of next question you asked me? Well, the, there, there's, there's the two pieces of it. There's the genuine reflection on ourselves that is causing whatever like moment embodiment is having as a buzzword, as a, as a meme 
there's got to be something under there. I, and I almost wanted to just zoom in on that after what you just said about the mirror, because it's almost like we're using the body as a mirror to reflect on our current condition as we're getting to this like transhuman jumping off point or something like the, there's I'm just wondering, like, why now it's having its moment, given the sort of fraught position we're in. Um, cause the other, and then the other half of the question was about like, what are we missing? What are we not seeing about ourselves that's causing it to go sideways and turn into this sort of mechanistic project? Yeah, I, th I think we still have a problem. So there's the, the cultural, like enduring cult cultural thrust that is really invisible to, to many people, or that even traps us in the language we use about things, which, um, can expand or limit how we experience things, which is mind-body dualism. So mm -hmm. there's that kind of enduring meme. And then um, coupled with more what I think we're forced to do in modernity, which is we're trained to ignore our bodies. Mm -hmm. um, and then dissociation is a normal and healthy trauma response. And I wish all of us to have the tools to then like deal with that response. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a perfect storm of all of these things where most people like don't fully feel themselves. Hmm. I sometimes hesitate that on like to say things like that. On the one hand, it feels like my job deeply to model that we can't know what anyone else's embodiment or embodiment is like. That's really important to start from. You can't see that from the outside. I grew up dancing. I can have a lot of technical precision in my movement, and people have complimented this about me. Uh -huh. And I would say now it is a reflection of what I would call my full, fullest embodiment. And when I executed it well years ago or on certain days or whatever, it definitely was not. So we uh -huh. can't judge embodiment by how movement looks. Even if it looks accomplished, that doesn't mean the person is paying attention to what's happening. So it doesn't mean they're not good at executing a shape without feeling themselves as a kind of cope. We all have to do that a little. We have to sit at our desks and mm -hmm. execute a shape mm -hmm. and cope with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then like, who knows, like do yoga or foam roll or get a massage or something to like, uh, disentangle the tension that it causes to ignore our bodies but i i've been chewing on this in in light of having this call with you like what is the feeling that my consciousness is centered in my head or brain uh -huh. and this is like a work in progress but I think it's born of all of the the trends I or memes I just named and that I wonder if it's even so this often gets called like people think their consciousness or their self is located in their brain. I actually don't think people are feeling their brains. Mm -hmm. There's so and I wonder there's so many things we could feel if we were feeling our brains, we could feel their hydrostatic support or their fluid weight or their electrical lightness in balance with their fluid weight or their slippery slidiness or their like like the fat sheathing of our neurons. And now I'm kind of going from brain to nervous system. There's so many ways I, I could feel that if I were actually feeling it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think people are even actually feeling it. I actually think 
they're misinterpreting the like clustering of their special senses without having ever practiced looking at what it's like to go to the origin of their senses. Mm. And maybe that's like far afield. I have so much I want to say. The word I would say for that, what I just, the phrase I just used, like the origin of the senses and yoga gets called pratyahara, which is something like, I don't think the withdrawal from our senses, but looking at what it is like to to explore them and to not get stuck on thinking I'm then such that then my consciousness as I move can start to my awareness, I should say, I think my consciousness already permeates whatever I am, but to, but the recognition of that permeation is me bodying or me becoming embodied in more common parlance. And that the kind of filling up of myself with conscious awareness as a practice, so I can always do that better. If I am doing that well, I think by nature, like everyone's experience of that is going to be a little different. And I think by nature, it also means I will start to, with my conscious awareness, permeate a recognition of self out into the world beyond me. Mm. And that where suddenly the boundaries of my body will become fuzzy. But because I found the way through, not because, oh, how do I want to say this clearly? <laughs> can, can I try? Because I feel like I'm really feeling yeah. you here. Like there, there's, yeah. there's like a, there are two ways to use concepts to understand there's one way that's like a membrane and there's one way that's like a wall mm. and and the the ability to and if you don't use any you can lose containment and so yes. like one going out into like like the the self that that i don't want to use the word transcending ever in any conversation with you, uh, but like the, the me neither. <laughs> good. The, 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 let's, uh, let's immunitize instead. Yes, exactly. The, 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 you described a, a, an expansion, let's say of self awareness, identity, something like that, that was hard one kind of, it wasn't, it wasn't like an accidental loss of containment. It was a, uh, uh, a practiced going outwards and the, like the, 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 I mean, we all, we can, we're, we're all adults here. Like self is a concept. And <laughs> so that the, the question is like, are we having a permanent permeable self-concept or a rigid self-concept? And the one that you're describing yeah. sounds like one about going out and coming back and going yes. in and going out. It's an exploratory self-concept that allows you to sort of continue gaining an understanding of your environment, which, and this is skipping way ahead to something I wanted to get to eventually, includes your body. Yes. And, 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 and the body is an environment. The environment is a body. It's not, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's relative to where you're at right now. Yes. 
Whereas if you've decided something, if you've created a structural, uh, like a priori self box, you, you're not, you're, 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 you exist in exactly one place conceptually. And that, that's what I think brain is when people say I am my brain. They're not talking about this, the slippery thing in the inside of their skull. Yeah. I mean, I want them to be right. I want them to feel their brain as an organ. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't make everyone like what I like, but it's been <laughs> quite rich. I could like do what I call body tripping all day. And I just want to share it with people. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, the kind of like core question that, that like body as a Cohen has been bringing me back to is like, the self other question. And what I said earlier about like the way out being the way through or what I was trying to say was I do like the, like the coming into beinghood, however arbitrary or fuzzy we think self is coming into beinghood necessarily means forming a self. Mm -hmm. And that starts as the spark between two other selves, meaning our parents. Mm -hmm that starts at conception and and then is uh, i could look at many scales to find a basic unit of selfhood but i really like to work with this with ourselves mm -hmm. as the basic unit of selfhood it is by no means simpler mm -hmm. than looking at a whole being if we really look closely but there in some ways, the schematic can be a little more simple. I mean, I guess we can make any schematic as complex or simple as we want. Uh -huh. But I love the cell and and your word permeable or semi-permeable is um, incredibly, incredibly important when we talk about cells because there is this kind of containment. There's an inside and an outside. Mm -hmm. And there's incredibly sophisticated choice making which is by definition cognition. Hmm. I'm gonna like bookmark here. One could talk about cellular consciousness. I also explore this deeply and want everyone else to, but I think it is, so that's arguable and it gets really fuzzy really fast that a, a cell is a cognitive process, I think is pretty widely accepted. Hmm. And if it's not, someone's living like 50 years in the scientific past. Uh -huh. So, um, so I'm just going to declare that a fact as much as I sometimes hate declaring things facts as that a cell as a like cognitive process is incredibly sophisticated in a semi permeability. It makes choices based on the other cells in its environment, the mechanical forces through fluid or through other cells touching it where it can upregulate or downregulate the amount of receptor sites it has. It can. So the presence of certain signaling molecules is necessary for others to work. So the kind of like molecular decision-making is fascinating to me and is a wonderful scalar mirror of the decision-making we make as whole beings. So I look at the cell as this kind of basic unit of self and other, and, and the kind of choices we have, um, membranously and this is what i was saying i got went a little away from it and i'm coming back is that building a self is we i think we have to do that i don't know maybe there are a few people that don't have to do it but generally when you run into people who haven't done it 
it feels weird and problems arise in society. So you have to build a self first and, and even reify that self to some degree. And, and earlier you said, you talked about what I was describing as a movement away and then a movement back towards. So a movement away from me out and a movement back to myself. The first movement though, is the movement towards self, mm -hmm. even exhibited in how we, in a flexor tone way, curl in on ourselves as we roll and fold ourselves in the womb. And the going in deeper is what lets us go out deeper or expand more fully. And it's vibratory. We're doing both always as a vibration in timeless time and then in, 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 um, in what seems like linear time. Mm -hmm. It looks more like a wave or it looks more like a contraction or expansion or condensation and expansion. And so in this way, once we have formed a really clear self, then we can, I don't know, I was about to say transcend. <laughs> <laughs> then we get to be like, oh shit, the edges of this are really fuzzy. Wait, where do I end and others begin? begin? I think we have to have the good boundaries. And this is also just about, again, being like pretty healthy and safe in society as in a really practical way. I have to know myself so I can like get a little lost and lose myself and then refine myself again. It's like salve and coagula in every moment. Although really it should be coagula and salve <laughs> or something. I mean, when does it end and when does it begin?